This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, presented by Jostens, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, and I'll be joined shortly, as always, by my co-host and co-pilot, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Hey, folks, if you haven't already gone over to jostens.com slash Braves, you need to go ahead and get there now. Uh, you've seen the beautiful 2021 Braves World Series rings. Well, they were designed by Jostens, and they have this awesome, awesome fan collection over at jostens.com slash Braves. It's the World Series Champions 2021 fan collection. You can celebrate for the A with a fan collection perfect for everyone. I mean, you can honor that amazing run that the Braves had last year with special World Series jewelry and commemorative keepsakes. You've heard Greg and I in the past talk about our beloved paperweights. So all of that and much more over at jostens.com slash Braves. So as I mentioned, uh, we'll have my my co-host, Greg McMichael, coming on shortly. We're actually going to go into the interview. This is a little bit of a different edition of Behind the Braves presented by Jossens this week. Last weekend at Truist Park was Alumni Weekend, one of our favorite weekends of the year. And Greg actually interviewed newly inducted Braves Hall of Famer Leo Mazzoni on stage out in the uh, plaza uh, before Sunday's game, Sunday's finale against the Diamondbacks. So really fun interview, and we're going to get into it right now. Here he is, Braves Hall of Famer Leo Mazzoni. Speaking of interviews, we are about to do a live recording of Behind the Braves. What is Behind the Braves for people that maybe don't know? So the official podcast for the Atlanta Braves is called Behind the Braves. Every week we put out an episode. We're over 125 episodes now. We've had guys really? like yeah, Hank Aaron, uh, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz. Uh, we've just had all different types. Front office people. Our team photographer we just had. Uh, we've had the uh, designer of the rings from Jostens. So we've had a whole bunch of people that are involved in the Braves organization. Every week we have a new episode. And so today we're going to be taping a live one for this going to come out this week. I love it. Well, I'm going to let you get set because it's time to bring out your special guest for Behind the Braves. Ladies and gentlemen, this gentleman was inducted into the Braves Hall of Fame just yesterday. In his 27 years as an Atlanta Brave, he served 16 seasons as the Braves pitching coach. He coached the Cy Young winner six times. His pitching staff led the National League in ERA 10 times, and ESPN named him top assistant coach in sports history. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Georgia Power Pavilion stage, legendary and Braves Hall of Famer, Leo Mazzoni. Doing good. We had a good long night last night. A lot of celebrating. <laughs> well, that was some kind of a performance. I just want to say thank you to Jeffrey's team, Scott Cunningham, Taylor, all those behind the scenes that helped put on that Hall of Fame induction, but also just the whole weekend, Alumni Weekend. Man, what a great job they did. The whole, the whole weekend was outstanding, you know, and you get to see some of the guys you haven't seen in a while. But, um, you know, this one it was certainly special for me. And uh, what an honor it is to be uh, put in the Braves Hall of Fame. And uh, it was an honor, too, to be with uh, Joe Torrey and the Adcock family. 
And uh, when you look at the list of the people that are in the Hall of Fame, it uh, kind of boggles your mind a little bit, but I'll take it. That's right. Well, I get a chance to walk by all those plaques every day, and I look up at all the great players and coaches that this organization has produced over the years, and it is amazing. And I know that you have a lot of pride in some of the people that you were able to coach with, some of the players that you coached. But um, I just want to, you know, Jeffrey in that great introduction talked about uh, your career but you know you were a pitcher yourself right which was uh, you pitched for a long time uh didn't have any big league time but you pitched in the minor leagues and then you were able to coach in the minor leagues you were able to manage in the minor leagues <laughs> and then you were and we'll talk a little bit about that but and then you were able to get to the big leagues and have a long career but when you think about all that and you think about all the different influences that you had all the different people who sticks out in your mind? I know you mentioned Hank Aaron, and I know Joe did too, but there were some other guys. Johnny Singh. Johnny Singh. Right? Talk, talk about some of those guys that were early influencers in your career. Well, early in my career, uh, I was very fortunate. Sid Thrift was the farm director of the Oakland A's, and he came up to me after I'd pitched nine years in the minors, and he said, Leo, we think you're coaching material. I said, yeah, me too, down the road. He said, no, now. But he, he set me up with my first managing job, and that got it started, so... I'll never forget that. You know, a lot, of, a lot of organizations wouldn't do that. They'd say, well, when you're done, you're done. So anyhow, and then uh, uh, so I managed in the minors. And my connection was the Braves was um, I was managing the Kinston Eagles in the Carolina League. And it was a co-op team. So that meant different teams optioned out players. And the Braves optioned out eight players. And five of them were pitchers. And three of them ended up in the top ten in the league in pitching. And that caught the eye of... Uh, Hank Aaron and Paul Snyder. So at the end of that season, Hank said, why don't you join me to go down to the instructional league and look at our pitchers? So I did, and uh, we hit it off right away. H Hank was just like you and I talking right now. After five minutes, it was just like we'd known each other for years. And he offered me the job. I said, what team do you want me to manage? He goes, no, we want you to be a pitching coach. So that's how the, that got the ball rolling, and that's when I met Johnny Sane. As, and he, was, he had the history of being the greatest pitching coach in the history of the game, who I personally think should be in Cooperstown. And uh, he took me under his wing. I thought I knew something about pitching until I got under his wing, and I realized I didn't know nothing. So anyway, he took me under his wing. I picked his brain. And then my whole career changed when Bobby Cox became the general manager in 1986 when he said he's going to turn an offensive warrior in an organization into a pitching one. I took and ran with it, you know, and, and uh, Bobby and I worked very closely in, from 86 to June 22nd of 1990, and then we went down on the field together. So, you know, you have a, I tell you what too, Mac, you, and you know this too, you, you, you meet so many different people in baseball, there's a whole bunch of them that teach you how not to do it. <laughs> it is interesting when I look at, um, I didn't get a chance to talk with Johnny Sane, didn't get a chance to meet him. I know that you over our conversations over the year, we were, we've talked about Johnny and, and really what he kind of mentor you in and his perspective on throwing and, and different things like that. But I look at those guys last night, you know, we, there's a lot of talk about Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz, and we all know they were great pitchers in the Hall of Fame. But then I think about guys like Avery, whose career is cut a little bit short. And I think about Denny Nagel, Steve Bedrosian, Cy Young Award winner right. that uh, you were able to mentor in the minor leagues. I think about some of those guys, and so I'm always curious, and I know everybody asks me, hey, what goes on out there on the field when, when the manager runs out or the pitching coach runs out? <laughs> so tell me out of all those 
those guys, and I know there's a bunch more. When I saw Kevin Millwood there last night, right. and you know, Clancy was there, and me and Pete Smith, and all these guys. When you went out there to the mound and, and Abe was struggling or Maddox was struggling, which didn't happen very often, or Smolty, what, what in the world, what would you do to help them get right back in their, in their happy zone? Right, well, we never, we never did talk about the strategy, you know, but that was all taken care of prior to the game. It, you know, just executing a particular mindset or whatever, and then, but then you had to adjust your, your uh, terminology, you had to adjust your approach depending on the psychological uh, character of your pitcher. You know, for example, Glavin was strong-willed, strong-minded. You could kind of push him a little bit, you know. With Smoltzy, he was very emotional. So if you said the same thing, you had to be a lighter presentation. And, of course, with Maddox, you know, you had all your numbers and checks, points, and percentages and all that figured out. But everyone was different. But at no time do you go out there. The main, main thing is to look in their face, look at their eyes, See if there's a fatigue factor, a lack of confidence, whatever, and then give them an idea that, look, you're not in any real trouble. You're one pitch away from getting out of it. So it was all based on positive reinforcement, you know. Uh, you never, I never went out there and, you know, so if a guy walked a couple in a row, what am I going to go out there and say, you got to throw strikes? They're going to look at you like, yeah, no kidding, you know. But I would say don't give in. Don't give in to the hitters. Get their mind off of what they just did. But you always got to remember, for these kids here, you got to remember one thing. What's your most important pitch? Your next one. Now, if you think like that and your most important pitch is your next one, that way that inning doesn't snowball on you. And so, you know, and it's just, you know, time and a place for everything. You know, if I come out and talk to you, I couldn't use the same language with you as I use with bedrock. <laughs> There's two opposites. <laughs> Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, I'll tell you my own little personal story. Um, <laughs> so I was pitching in New York. I was, we were pitching against, I was pitching against the Mets. And I threw a pitch, gave up a home run. And uh, I don't ever look in the dugout because I'd Leo would be scratching his head and whatever was going on. I didn't need to see that. So I come back in, I sit down, he comes, sits next to me, and he goes, what was that pitch? And I said, that was a cutter. He goes, you don't throw a cutter. And I said, well, I was working on it. He goes, we don't pay you to throw cutters. <laughs> we pay you to throw change-ups. You were working on it? <laughs> Boy, that guy, I'm, I'm, now I'm upset again. <laughs> I was working on it. <laughs> I had been working on it. I, I was know. trying it. <laughs> so didn't throw any more cutters after now, that. But That's okay. You had a great change-up. <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's a number of influences um, that we all have as ball players, right? From our pitching coach to our manager to even other players. So as I think about the influences in my life and I, as a pitcher, right, and as a professional, one thing that struck me about Leo is that, you know, we didn't work a ton together uh, because I was pitching every night. I was in the bullpen. Um, but what impacted me is that it wasn't until after my career, and we've talked about this, as I started to think about some of the things Leo said, 
it impacted me more as an instructor. So as I started teaching young kids, and we were talking about how to throw the ball properly, how to throw, why to throw a breaking ball, when to throw a breaking ball, what to concentrate on the most. It seemed like that I was able to reflect more after my career about the things that we learned. Because you know, as a player, there's a lot of things going on in your brain, right? There's a lot of things that you're trying to, to do, to execute, to be, and then sometimes you get so narrowly focused, you don't let a lot of things in. But it seemed like that more of the stuff that we started talking about as we were as more of uh, peers, you know, as mm-hmm. alumni and, and the things that we've done really impacted me a lot. Talk a little bit about as you were learning as a pitching coach from Johnny Sane, what was like number one, number two that, and that you really felt like that, that you tried to emphasize to all, because we have a bunch of young pitchers here, right? And we've got a young people. What was it that really, you said, I'm gonna make sure that if they never learn anything, they're gonna learn this? Well, what, what, what he really taught me was that he loved pitchers to throw a lot. But when you throw, when you would throw a lot, you had to control your effort. In other words, he didn't care what the velocity number said, okay? And to be honest with you, neither do I. So the bottom line was controlling a fastball, you know, getting some touch on the ball, and changing speeds. And that, you know, pretty much that was his strong suit. But he always felt that you can't learn how to pitch unless you get on a mound, whether it's little league distance, travel ball distance, 60 feet, six inches, and go out and go and practice your craft. Now, it isn't about getting on the mound and throwing, seeing how hard you can throw. It's about getting on the mound and see how accurate you can throw. And he always said, you know, hitting is timing. So it's the pitcher's job to throw that timing off. So what he's telling you, and Hank Aaron told me one time, Mac, he says, you tell your pitchers, Leo, he said, we could time a jet coming through that strike zone if we see it often enough. So it's all about working on your craft. And here's the other thing, you can't can't put in a bunch of mechanics until their coordination allows them to to execute a mechanic. So you let them be natural, you know? Nine years old, let them be natural. 10 years, you know, basically around 12 years old, you can start you know, looking at, uh, uh, at mechanics and, and, and getting something uh, done that way. But you got to simplify the game for them. And there's no secret to having success other than going to a ballpark and practicing your craft. You're not going to read any magic in a book. You're not going to have somebody come and tell you, uh, you know, if you, if you give me, pay me this amount of money, I can increase his velocity by five miles an hour in, a, in, in two months. That's a bunch of, you know what? The bottom line is you grow into your, how hard you throw, you go into your coordination and you gotta let that develop. And Mac and I've talked about it a lot. 52% of Tommy John surgeries now are 21 years of age and younger. You never heard Johnny Sane talk about velocity, but you sure heard him talk about throw, pitch, touch. And and you you can't acquire that unless you get on the mound. Yeah, that's great. And you know, uh, we should say, too, you know, when Leo retired in 2007, you didn't stop being involved in baseball. I mean, you've been, you were on no, the radio, no. you've been teaching, you've been consulting. I mean, recently right. you were up at, with Furman University working with those guys. Right. You talk all around the country consulting with people about the game because even today, all the stuff that we know about pitching is needed, maybe even needed more to talk about as opposed to what we hear a lot in the media, right? Would you agree with that? Oh, I agree with you 100%. And you know, I remember back, Johnny Sane kept talking about pitching all the time. And even when he was done, you know, he kept talking about his philosophies. 
And it, we want, what we like to do is get the word out to the kids, but the parents and the coaches, parents and coaches, the proper way to develop a youngster, whether he's a pitcher, infielder, hitting, whatever, and don't make this thing very difficult, you know? Bobby Cox used to say, we're gonna get in baseball shape. Well, how do you get in baseball shape? Well, you throw, you hit, you catch, you run the bases, you know, things like that. There's no, you know, you're not gonna have to put a balloon on your back or carry some weights and go run all this stuff off. It's, it's silly. And the thing is, you'll do more damage to a youngster at an early age because their body's not ready for some of those things. You got to let them grow into it. The other thing is you talk about breaking balls. Let me tell you something, breaking ball doesn't hurt your arm. What? How you throw a baseball hurts your arm. And they always say, when should I throw a breaking ball? Well, the key is this. You have to watch your youngster release his fastball. If he releases his fastball in a smooth fashion, then you can start teaching him how to spin the ball. I said spin the ball, right? Not a big yacker. Just spin the ball. Change it, like spin rate, change the direction of the spin. Those are the types of things you have to look for. Then if you're coaching it, I hope you can teach them how to cushion their elbow when they throw it. Well, we could talk about pitching all day long, yeah. and we, whenever we get together, we talk about Love pitching. It. And, you know, you have a lot to say about it, and it's all great stuff. We appreciate you being here. I love the way Braves Hall of Famer sounds. Uh, along with the name Leo Mazzoni. So congratulations again. I know that all of, from all the alumni that were here last night, hopefully you got to say hi to them. They were so excited to, to be a part of the ceremony, to be a part of this alumni weekend. No question. You know, Mac, does it, you do a great job with the alumni. You take care of a lot of people. And on this weekend, I can honestly say it's one of the happiest days of my life. I'm so proud to be in the Braves Hall of Fame and have been so proud to be a member of this organization for a long time. And now we got to get back to the World Series and win another one. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you guys for being a part of uh, Behind the Braves podcast today. Leo, thanks for being on with us. No if problem. If you guys enjoyed this conversation, we've got all kinds of conversations with former players, coaches, front office staff. Go to Behind the Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. We'd love to, for you to rate, subscribe, and review for us. So thank you so much. Hope you have a great day. Looks like we've got some great weather. We're ready for the Braves to sweep. So uh, you guys have a good one and go Braves. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.